This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The nation's largest abortion provider, Planned Parenthood, released its 2015-16 annual report six months late. The report lists its activities, income, and other information. One of the most interesting aspects of the report is that Planned Parenthood has reduced all non-abortion-related health services to women. What did increase was the number of abortions performed. It's now at 328,348 a year. Its total revenue also increased to $1.354 billion. That's the highest in its history. And it also recorded profits of $77 million, an increase of $19 million from the prior year. The report also denounced the Center for Medical Progress's undercover video reports as being heavily edited and, quote, widely discredited. This despite the fact that the videos were authenticated by two separate forensic investigations, including one by Planned Parenthood itself. I take a closer look at Planned Parenthood's annual report today with Jeannie Mancini, president of March for Life, on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. The board for the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty has been prayerfully deliberating on the qualities necessary for the executive director of the LCRL. The board sought an individual with theological depth, a spirit of entrepreneurialism, strong communication and relationship skills, and the ability to carefully navigate the political environment in our nation's capital. The board announces that a call has been extended to the Reverend Dr. Gregory P. Seltz, the current speaker of the Lutheran Hour. The Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty offers input, education, advice, and resources for the areas of marriage, life issues, and religious liberty. Missouri's Governor Eric Greitens has called a special session of the legislature to pass stronger legal protections for pro-life groups such as pregnancy centers he charged are under attack by a controversial St. Louis ordinance. The governor's action follows the February enactment of a controversial ordinance in the city of St. Louis that has drawn strong pro-life opposition. Opponents said the law would bar any individual or entity, including Christian organizations, from refusing to sell or rent property to individuals or businesses that promote or provide abortions. It would create the risk of lawsuits for religious schools with a policy against hiring abortion supporters. The ordinance creates a protected status for anyone who has made a decision related to abortion, even in cases where the abortion was not their own. The protections apply to corporations and all businesses, not only individuals. Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys representing an organic farmer in Michigan filed a federal lawsuit against the city of East Lansing, Michigan, after city officials ousted the country mill farms from the local farmer's market, where it had done business since 2010. City officials ousted the farm when it learned the farm's family owners believe marriage is the union of one man and one woman. Country Mills Farm wants to be able to sell food to all people, but the city is preventing it from doing so at the farmer's market. The suit also asks the court to halt the discriminatory policy, declare it unlawful and unconstitutional, and award nominal and compensatory damages so that Country Mill Farms can once again serve all customers at the farmer's market. 
International Christian Concern announces that H.R. 390, the Iraq and Syria Emergency Genocide Relief and Accountability Act, passed the House on the evening of June 6 by unanimous consent. The bill provides much-needed humanitarian assistance to groups targeted by ISIS for genocide, as designated by former Secretary of State John Kerry. In addition, the bill also provides resources for organizations compiling evidence for future use against the perpetrators of these crimes in legal proceedings. The bill now heads to the Senate, where it awaits approval before being sent to the president's desk. World Liver News Digest will be back right after these messages. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. There's a special place where rare books from times long ago come alive in your imagination. A special place where you can rediscover values that transcend time itself. A special place of adventure, mystery, and drama that's both old and new at the same time. Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on KFUO Radio. William Whedon, LCMS Director of Worship. Jesus said some hard things in John 6, and lots of his disciples turned away and stopped following him. He asked the 12 if they wanted to go too. Peter responded for them all, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Words of eternal life, those are the words your Jesus has for you. Join me for the next broadcast of Thy Strong Word, 11 a.m. Central on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's in New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, man. No, no, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. No. Oh, 905 Saturday mornings, 850 a.m. KFUO. I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. My guest today is Jeannie Mancini, who's the president of the March for Life. Ms. Mancini, could you say a little bit about yourself and about the March for Life? Sure. And first, let me just say thank you, Kip, uh, for having me again on your show. It's it's a pleasure. And um, I am honored and really, you know, humbled to lead the world's largest annual protest on the human rights abuse of today, abortion. And that, of course, happens every January in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., usually right around the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. We're 45 years strong this coming year. And um, so we march 
march, you know, in snow. We march in frigid temperatures. We march in rain, and we we march when it's beautiful out. We're um, literally, I think, close to a hundred thousand people participated this year. So we're tens of thousands, sometimes even hundreds of thousands at the march. Well, I believe and, uh, the um, top march was something like six hundred thousand participants, and I might add that the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, is very active in the march as well. That's right. Yeah, we've had all sorts of wonderful participation, especially, well, I'm sure always, but especially in recent years, it's been a little bit more in the way of having speakers um, from the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, etc. at the Rose Dinner and leading the march in terms of carrying the banner and, and what have you. So it's been wonderful to have that involvement. So it's the march is just really a fantastic occurrence every year. And I highly, highly encourage your listeners, if they haven't had a chance to make what I call a pilgrimage out to the march for life every, you know, some January, one January that they would really pray about it and and consider doing that maybe this coming year. And there's all sorts of other wonderful things happening in D.C. around that time that are pro-life. And you can visit, you know, the Holocaust Memorial to really um, delve into the study of the inherent dignity of the human person and, and different human rights abuses over the years. And then come in March, attend different beautiful services, you know, around the time of the March. So there's just lots of opportunities. Well, the reason I wanted to talk to you today is that Planned Parenthood has issued their annual report six months late, but they finally issued it. And there are some very interesting findings in it, one of which is that it's increased in two areas. One, their funding has increased and the number of abortions they perform have increased. While Breast exams decreased, cancer screening went down, prevention procedures went down, overall cancer screening and prevention went down, general warts treatments went down, HPV vaccinations went down, pregnancy tests went down, birth control information went down, reversible uh, contraceptive clients for women went down, uh, contraceptive kits went down, temporary uh, reversible sterilization procedures went down, prenatal services dropped by darn near 50%, and yet they still received receive $554.6 million from the taxpayers. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really it's really shocking. I mean, the bottom line is you can see that abortion is going up and revenue is going up, but women's health services are, are decreasing. And this is one of the big things that they have always said is that, well, gee, you know, if you go against us, you're going against all these other wonderful services they provide. Well, it's looking like it's not true. Yeah, it's important to drill down on the data, to, uh, you know, with those in those kinds of conversations. Well, what which services specifically are you referring to? You know, and for example, mammograms has often been touted as um, a service that Planned Parenthood does, but um, when you really drill down, they they don't do mammograms at all. They sometimes do more, I want to say, superficial kind of breast cancer screenings that would then be the next, you know, it would lead to the next step, which would be a mammogram, but they refer out. Mammogram. So it's true that, you know, Planned Parenthood is our nation's largest abortion provider and they are increasing their market share in abortion. So not only is their specific number going up, but this is while America's number of abortions is decreasing and and clinics are decreasing. Abortion clinics are decreasing. So so as much as they, you know, message that abortion isn't, you know, their primary service, that it's, quote unquote, only three percent of what they do. The truth of the matter is that it's a very important part of what Planned Parenthood does. And, and more than that, it's on the rise. Plus, it's also one of their major revenue sources. That's one of the things that they don't they don't mention. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well- 
it's a very conservative estimate is that it brings in somewhere around $170 million in revenue every year for Planned Parenthood. Well, I'm reading a report from the National Review right here, and it has some very interesting and disturbing statistics in it. It says in the in the report that from 2014 to 2015, Planned Parenthood claimed to have provided 17,000 prenatal services. But in the most recent one, 2015 to 16, that number dropped to just over 9,000. The group Live Action called 97 Planned Parenthood facilities found only five that provided any prenatal care at all. The vast majority of Planned Parenthood clinics don't provide any. They specialize in abortion, not prenatal. This is this is such important information, and it's it's really fantastic that you're doing you know a story on it today because it's interesting that Planned Parenthood has great marketing, and that is a place where they put their money in. It may be less on the services these days, but they put a lot of money into PR, and they have a, a good brand, so to speak. When you ask the average American, they think that Planned Parenthood is a benevolent healthcare organization, but the truth of the matter is that Planned Parenthood is our nation's largest abortion provider that their services to women are decreasing, and they're also extremely political, extremely political. In the last four years, they have contributed something over close to $40 million in election funding. So this is, again, a nonprofit organization that receives almost half of its over-billion-dollar budget from taxpayer dollars. And I should, I should make the important distinction that they have Planned Parenthood Action, which is their political fund and then their nonprofit, and that would be illegal for them to be contributing from their nonprofit to the elections. But those two organizations go hand in glove, and they're not the benevolent healthcare organization that they brand themselves to be. No, you're right. And the fact that they are their their political arm is helping to uh, elect the people who give them money. That's the very definition, I think, of a special interest group. It's interesting to me, for example, that the that sometimes people will point to say the NRA as being a special interest group, and yet they receive no public dollars whatsoever. Right. Right. That's a great point. That's a really good point. You know, one of these scenarios, so there, there are so many where, you know, there are different lawsuits or things like that that Planned Parenthood has been engaged in. And then sometimes the prosecutors get donations from Planned Parenthood and all sorts of, you know, really conflicts, a, a level of conflict of interest that is troubling. So one, one such scenario, of course, is the Center for Medical Progress mm. videos. David Delayden, of course, back in 2015, released all of these shocking and really horrific undercover videos showing that Planned Parenthood is involved in the harvesting and sale of little hearts, little little lungs, little livers, of little babies, baby parts. And of course, Kamala Harris, the then Attorney General of California, went after David like, you know, there was no tomorrow. And it was later learned that Planned Parenthood contributes to her campaign. So there was a huge conflict of interest. And then she won for senator, so now she's a senator, but the the next attorney general then took up her work, and now we have a judge, I believe it's or- Orsich or or Oric in California, who also has ties to Planned Parenthood, and he is the judge involved in the um, current 
federal indictments against David Daleiden and the Center for Medical Progress. So it's amazing how far, you know, these different connections with conflicts of interest can reach. Well, absolutely. And one of the things that they're going after him for is for doing the, these undercover uh, tapings. And I think there's like 14 separate counts. And yet this is exactly the same technique that the L.A. Times and uh, other West Coast investigative groups used to expose such things as uh, abuses in uh, factory farming. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Also, I wanted to point out that as far as the charges that have been leveled against the uh, CPM for having edited and distorted the uh, the videos, first, there was one study that actually the first one was actually commissioned by Planned Parenthood and was performed by Fusion GPS, which is a Democratic research group. And they found that the audio had not been tampered with. And I'm quoting here from their report, analysis did not reveal any widespread evidence of substantive video manipulations. A second study, Coal Fire, they are the ones who do this type of research for uh, Fortune 500 companies, went over the full raw footage and gave it a complete bill of health. A House panel, which has been investigating it for something like 16 months, also found there was absolutely no evidence that the uh, tapes had been edited to create a particular point, point, uh, point of view. And in fact, they said that the Planned Parenthood abortionists actually altered abortion procedures so that they could obtain intact organs to sell for higher prices, which is indeed in violation of federal law. Yes, and so despite those facts and despite those reports, uh, the the initial sort of um, beginnings of Planned Parenthood's annual report that, that we're talking about states that these videos were heavily edited and that they've been widely and resoundingly discredited. <laughs> so, and that is an outright lie. Like if they say it, it's true. That's what their kind of, you know, their mantra is, these false talking points. And sadly, the public buys it. I mean... So we have our work cut out for us, but, you know, nothing could be further from the truth that these have been widely and resoundingly discredited or that they were heavily edited. Neither of those are are the case. No, it's not. As I said, they're just just flat out lying about that. It simply is not true, even by their own studies. Another thing that came out I thought that was very interesting is that they are talking about how uh, this if they are defunded, they're going to have a huge problem. Women, in, in general, are going to have a huge problem being able to obtain health care. However, Planned Parenthood provides less than 1% of the nation's pap test and less than 2% of the breast exams and cancer screenings. Now, in addition to that, if that money was defunded and given to federally recognized qualified health centers, in California, for example, where there's the most Planned Parenthood clinics, There's only 114 facilities, but that compares with 1,694 community health clinics. The Planned Parenthood uh, clinics are outnumbered 20 to 1. Yeah, it's such a good point, Kip. So what's, you know, what's actually happening is that Planned Parenthood is not per se being defunded. They are just being made ineligible for certain funding, which means that other groups like the federally qualified health care centers that you're referring to will receive those fundings and those Medicaid reimbursements. So it's not that now there's not a stream of funding that's giving the same services. It's just that Planned Parenthood won't be the ones providing it. And there's a huge, as you just described, there's there's many, many resources and these other 
um, quali- federally qualified health care clinics outnumber Planned Parenthood by anywhere between 17 to 1 to 20 to 1. So there are many more of them. And if you'd like to know in a certain area, um, and that was a great, great stat for California, that's good to know. But check out, there's a wonderful website. It's called getyourcare.org. And you can pull up any of these other community health centers in your local area to see you know, how many they are and how you can get in touch with them and, and where they are, et cetera. That is indeed a great site. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times, and it's it's a very, very valuable resource. Something uh, else I think that uh, that I'm really curious about, and I don't know the answer on this one, is uh, the CPM videos, especially the latest one that was just released. To my mind, not being an attorney, it shows that it is clearly in violation of federal law. Not civil, but simply criminal law. Has there been any action that you are aware of against Planned Parenthood or any of its affiliates, uh, affiliations to actually go after them criminally or even civilly? Well, you mentioned in in our communication, uh, you know, in the last 10 minutes that the House and the Senate had these select committees related to the um, Delighton videos, the Center for Medical Progress videos, and they then made referrals to the Department of Justice. So on, on the House side, I believe that there were 14 referrals, and they were a combination of criminal and regulatory referrals. And on the Senate side, I believe that there were seven criminal referrals. And so we as a movement, um, and in fact, the March for Life Action led, led this, sent a letter just last week to the Department of Justice asking them to take this up. So essentially, during the Obama administration, it rightly would have been taken up by the Justice Department. In other words, they should have looked into this, but because they turned a blind eye, I mean, really to what Planned Parenthood was doing in terms of the harvesting and sale of baby parts, they they didn't. And so we were fortunate to have those select committees on both the House and the Senate side. But now in a Trump administration, it's really important that the Justice Department would take this up. So the March for Life and many other pro-life groups sent a letter last week to the um, attorney general and the head of the FBI, the acting head. And we were following in the footsteps of Senator Grassley, who had previously, a week or two before that, sent a similar letter to the Department of Justice. So, you know, and then we actually did an alert this week for our constituents to contact the Department of Justice and the Trump administration to ask them to take this cause up and see that justice is served. And so I, I have a lot of hope. I fully anticipate that we will be hearing from the Justice Department. But as you know, as we've all been following, in the news. There have been lots of other things going on in these days, so I'm hoping that they'll take that up soon. We'll see what happens. The change of administration it certainly is going to have uh, an impact one way or the other about it. Here in Missouri, for example, we've elected a Republican governor, a former, former Navy SEAL, who is right now very actively involved in challenging some Planned Parenthood, uh, and actually not just Planned Parenthood, but for example, local uh, municipalities, which have been essentially trying to create what they call abortion sanctuary cities, St. Louis being one. And he's calling the uh, legislature in a special session to address this issue. Also, the uh, attorney general himself, uh, the attorney general for the state of Missouri, is also involved in appealing a decision that ordered the, that ordered the uh, State Department of uh, Health Services to facilitate licensing of two new Planned Parenthood facilities. And the attorney general is saying, uh-uh, this isn't going to happen, and he has challenged it officially. In effect, uh, fortunately, he is going to be on one of our programs in the future. 
That's wonderful. That's all. I didn't know that. That's all news to me. So that's great to hear. There's a lot going on. There really is. Uh, the entire tenor, I think, of the country has changed a bit on this. I mean, one of the things I've noticed is just watching the reaction uh, and the, the participation in the March for Life over the years. It started back in uh, 74, really, with just a few dozen people. And now it's, it's just amazing. I mean, I saw the, uh, obviously, in the last one, we had uh, we had a strong participation here from the LCMS. We covered it on our website. Uh, we were doing some live things. The president of the synod was there, along with hundreds of uh, hundreds of members of congregations. And the other thing that really struck me is not just the participation, but the demographics. We're seeing more and more young people who are taking up the banner. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's so edifying. I mean, the, the March for Life is primarily young people. It's millennials, adolescents, uh, families with young children. And um, it's so exciting, really, because it, it's very sort of evangelizing and converting to the heart to see those young people standing up for life. And um, they're really the best ambassadors for life, you know, with their enthusiasm, a lack of cynicism that can sometimes um, hit some of us a, a little bit later in life um, in terms of, you know, working to build a culture of life and it's it's just incredible. I mean, they're they're so joyful. They're so they're so hopeful and positive. And um, as as they themselves say and call themselves, they are the pro life generation, and they really believe that their generation will bring an end to abortion. And, and I believe them. I believe them. And it, it gives me a lot of hope to put the future in the hands of our young people. And we're also seeing a growth of uh, pro life clubs and organizations on college campuses that are actually fighting back against the academy that's trying to suppress them. There have been a number of laws. Law, uh, lawsuits and cases that have been taken up by groups such as FIRE and uh, Alliance Defending uh, Freedom actually address this issue and to bring it to, to, and to bring the free speech movement for pro-life onto campuses. Yeah, 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 that's that's right. That's absolutely right. And so... Um so it's 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 there is as you say there's so much happening in you know in in these particular moments and um, and so many good things happening so many good groups like ADF and um, Students for Life and all of these different groups so it's 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 beautiful to see. Well, Ms. Bensini, we're running out of time. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to tell our audience? No, I'm grateful that you're covering this story. I think it's so important that we do whatever we can to just get the truth out there about Planned Parenthood, that they really are, you know, A, our nation's largest abortion provider, B, um, involved in the, the harvesting and sale of little hearts, little lungs, little livers, and C, a very political organization. They don't deserve to have our nation's taxpayer dollars supporting them the way that they do. And a lot of the information that's going out there is just plain and untrue, and that those are things that have got to be accountable. Thank you so much for appearing on the show. God bless you, and God bless March for Life. And Thank we'll see you so what much. the future. We'll see Thanks the future for having moves. me. Anytime. Bye bye. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2:30 p.m. and again at 9:30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. 
To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.